welcome to Perfecting the Practice, the podcast for behavioral health providers and administrators on how practice management makes perfect. This podcast is brought to you by Therapy Brands, a collection of the best of the best behavioral health, practice management, telehealth, and data collection tools. Our team is here to help you expand the reach and impact of your practice. My name is Sage, and I'm a member of the Therapy Brands team. I have a background in mental health administration, having previously worked as a practice manager and an insurance biller before joining Therapy Brands. I've seen firsthand the ways in which the right techniques and tools can make all the difference when it comes to successfully running a practice. From getting clients in the door to getting paid for your services, there are so many moving parts to keeping a therapy practice in good health. In today's episode, we'll be talking about what it takes to run a large healthcare organization or agency, having leadership, administrative, and provider teams that work together as a well-oiled machine is the key to success for larger practices. We have the pleasure of speaking to industry experts Alicia Swanson and Chris Werner to discuss the elements of running a large healthcare organization and what tools are available to keep all aspects running smoothly and efficiently. I first asked Alicia and Chris to tell me about their backgrounds in practice management. Here's Alicia. My name is Alicia. I am the Senior Director of Customer Success for Therapy Brands. And my role is really to ensure the success of everyone using the EHR, the customer, so that they can deliver the best quality of care to their patients. And so I have this fun, exciting middle ground that I get to play in where I'm advocating for the customers and the users of our products, the EHRs. And here's Chris. I'm Chris Warner, and I am a customer success manager for therapy brands. Basically, customers, support, relationships, things like that has been something that I've done pretty much in any job role that I've ever been in. It's always dealt with customers. And I always feel like I have my customer hat on where I'm thinking like a customer and you know any decisions that are done internally... I get to be that voice of the customers and just kind of ask that question before any decisions are made, you know, how's this going to affect me or things like that. I wanted to know how Alicia and Chris characterized the relationship between technology and the large-scale healthcare administration. Here's what Alicia had to say. So technology is something that is becoming more common in every occurrence that you need. I mean, you can order groceries through technology now, check on your students' homework. Everything you're doing in life is requiring technology at this point. And a lot of what government is mandating or payers are mandating would require teams and teams of people to analyze and look at data if it wasn't for technology and the way that we can input data and then pull the data back out in hundreds of millions of different ways based on what the requirements are. And so without technology and a larger healthcare organization, they would need a team of people so large that they wouldn't be able to stay in business anymore. So technology is a must. And that's why the partnership between them has to be so strong because technology is always evolving and changing in capabilities And the requirements of healthcare and the trends that are happening are also constantly changing. Neither of these will stay stagnant. And so there needs to be this constant back and forth between the technology that's being utilized and the organizations using it. 
And here's how Chris responded. It's huge and it's just ever growing. We still end up with agencies that have either never been part of any sort of EHR prior or they've come from a previous EHR. I see a mix of both. The people that are coming from no experience with an EHR are used to doing their clinical documentation on paper. Technology-wise, of just saving that time and file storage, you know, things like that. Just think of the file cabinets that you would have to have for clinical documentation. Now it's all on a computer safe. You don't have to worry about it. Well, and when we hear about the success stories of practices switching over from using manual documentation or paper documentation to using an EMR for their organization. We generally think of solo practices or small practices where it's just one person who's always used paper and they continue to use paper until someone really drives home for them that their practice will go better if they start using a software. But what you're talking about is large enterprise level organizations that are still using paper documentation, which is hard for me to wrap my head around because I can't imagine the level of inefficiencies that crop up in a situation like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of the times it is kind of those sole proprietors, but for sure I've seen larger enterprise agencies, you know, come to mind tribal agencies, a lot of need for help in those kind of arenas and they've been using paper. So there's quite the learning curve, even technology wise to learn things, you know, how to log in and how to properly do things like that. We definitely see that. So technology continues to grow, whether it's e-faxing, you know, you don't have a fax machine anymore, or people are not so much using their laptops anymore, but they're on their phones or iPads. So it's just kind of growing with the times and trying to make things as simple for a clinician as possible so they can do what is needed of them. And that's helping the clients. and Alicia considered to be the biggest obstacles for administrators of big healthcare practices. Here's Alicia. There's a couple of them that come to mind immediately because they're big points of pain for them. One is getting the information back out of the system. So reporting or analytics and knowing what that data is telling you so that you can make decisions based on that information. So that's one And I mean, that takes a system that has the capability to do that or some flexibility in how you're pulling your information back out of the system. Or it takes someone, you know, a tool to be added on, like a BI tool, for example, to be able to pull that out and then make meaningful decisions based off that. So that's one. Another one is staff turnover at agencies or companies can be very high. And so getting someone new and trained in on all of the different processes and fields that may need to be filled out within an EMR or who to notify if this happens can be a huge obstacle to overcome because 
and staff are constantly turning over. What happens is you're hiring someone new and now you're training them on this new software. And sometimes they can be fairly complex. And so keeping up with the team and their knowledge and ensuring that the team or the staff are doing what they need to do, which is something that technology can assist in. Sometimes technology is a barrier, but it can also be a huge asset because knowing what someone is doing within the system at all times is helpful to know if they're cutting corners or ignoring warnings or checking in on their on their patients in the frequency that they should be. I think those are a couple of the larger obstacles that I see. And then also keeping your staff up to date and trained in on all of the changes that are happening within technology and healthcare, whether that's a change in the EMR or a change in process or a new field that needs to be filled out or collected at time of intake. So those are a couple of big challenges that I foresee right now. And here's what Chris had to say. Turnover is a big thing. I mean, these jobs are not easy. And, you know, losing people, especially if they've got a longer tenure, there goes that knowledge. So that comes into training, new staff, and things like that. Uh, So a big obstacle is, especially if they have somebody that's been key to knowing the software leave, that leaves a big void. This knowledge is gone. You're hopefully somebody's there to fill it in. When I worked in practice administration, we called it the secret keeper. You know, every organization has one person who just knows some things that nobody else does because they've been there a long time or they happen to be the one that set it up or the security code goes to their personal cell phone, you know. So if you lose them, your revenue takes a hit, your efficiency takes a hit. And it becomes really important to use the capabilities of a practice management software in an agency setting so that things can be housed in kind of a source of truth like an EMR and not in one administrator who, when they leave, they take all that knowledge with them. I think kind of just piggybacking off of that, you know, having at least multiple secret keepers, success people that have been around that have the knowledge that, you know, a clinician, counselor, staff member can just kind of bounce questions off and get an immediate response and fix it, whatever issue they were having pretty quickly. Having multiple people that have that sort of knowledge is definitely helping these agencies. My follow-up question to both Chris and Alicia was what tools they recommended for successful healthcare administration on larger scales? So I would say that success from customers that I have worked with in these different healthcare organizations, customers are most successful when they are willing to ask questions and maybe not getting stuck in this is how we have always done it. And I know I've said a couple of times already that things are constantly changing. New features in a product or new add-ons or a new form that is required or a new report that we need to turn in. Things are constantly changing. And so being open to ask questions instead of demand something that you think may be needed because your solution may not be best. So going back to that idea of a partnership between, maybe it's partnerships between other healthcare organizations and willing to share ideas and processes or partnerships between softwares that you're using and being willing to ask questions instead of make demands. That is what I have seen the most success in organizations 
because then you come across as likable and you want to work with me and meet me in the middle. So then therefore I want to meet you in the middle and advocate for you internally so we can get results that you're looking for. When administrators are able to do that with their partners, their partners then meet them in the middle too. And they can learn a lot about how other agencies are operating. And then they can make a case for what they are asking or needing and be willing to be heard at that point as well. So seeking to understand first and then advocate second can really get healthcare administration and these organizations a lot farther. Management through influence versus management through authority. That is what healthcare does. So I'm influencing you and I'm wanting you to make this change and here's where we're going. But you can't do that unless you really know your business and you know what is needed and you know what the law says and you're willing to point out those things while you're asking that question to meet me in the middle. And clearly it's the opposite of what I said the obstacles are, right? If you're able to retain staff, that's a huge barrier right now eliminated and you're going to be more successful. If you have a great system and you're able to pull out all of this data and make these key decisions, you're going to go really far in your business and grow at a pace that you're able to keep up with. And here's Chris. I think anything that your EHR basically has to offer, you know, different integrations, things like that, as well as any kind of ancillary services, you know, credit card processing, faxing, patient statements, if those are offered, anything that just can make your life easier, you know, everything that's kind of all balled up in one software and you don't have these different vendors that take care of different things, it just kind of eases your mind and you can focus on running your organization and running your staff and not have to, you know, we always say with our software, we don't want you to notice us. We want you to just kind of do what you need to within the software to your clients as well as, you know, kind of manage your clients, things like that, and not have to worry about us. You know, that's crucial so you can do your day-to-day work and we just kind of take care of everything else on the back end. Absolutely. And I think that practice management software plays such a huge role in the way that we handle administration, especially for bigger agencies and organizations, because if clients have the ability to set their own scheduling or pay their bills or do those things autonomously through something like a really high-powered client portal, then it's not an administrator on the phone having to do that work with the client. It's something that's happening on its own. And the more that can be that way, less time an administration team for your agency is going to have to be spending doing that work. It frees up a lot of time where they can be doing other things that is much needed of them. a really great point I wanted to share specifically about what healthcare administrators can do to really improve on their processes. So this could be a tool and it could not be. So knowing what you are good at and where sort of your bread and butter is and knowing what you're not good at. So if I am not great at payroll, and maybe it's not for a large organization, maybe 
maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you want to branch out on your own. Maybe you're mid-level and you want to grow into that large healthcare organization. Knowing what you're good at and what you should outsource to another tool or service is going to be critical to your success. If you try and wear all of the hats and do all of the things, you're not going to grow at the pace that you want to. Typically, someone is getting into this because they're passionate about it and they love it. They don't love everything. So maybe I want to outsource the billing and payments part. Maybe I want to outsource the reporting to the state level. Looking at the areas that maybe you're not the best in and then being willing to have a tool to help you or a service to do it for you, even if it's just temporary to get you to that next level in growth, I think that's a wise investment for you to make. And there are tools and services that do just about everything for you. So figure out what you're good at and what your niche is and either hire someone to do it, get a service, get a tool, something like that. I think that's going to be crucial for those smaller to mid-sized agencies that want to grow into that large healthcare organization. Chris what had most surprised him in his time of working with large-scale healthcare organizations. And here's what he had to say. Um, Finding out how hard it is to get paid by certain, well, a lot of insurance companies. It is tough. Billing is definitely not easy. You can jump through a lot of different hurdles and get lots of rejections for lots of different reasons. And just trying to help agencies. And you can see a large amount of money that can be sitting out there, just out there in the ether, you know, that's not getting paid to you, but you've already done these services. Large agencies, it's crazy the amount of money that's out there that has not been paid. And of course, we want to help you as, as much as we can and set this billing up correctly so you can get paid and continue to do services and help clients, help more clients. That's the whole basis. So it's really surprised me how hard it is to actually get paid for the things that these agencies do. Yeah. And you're right. When we're talking about it on such a large scale, what would with a solo provider be just a handful of unpaid appointments becomes a massive money pit of appointments that aren't being paid for by insurance due to you know billing errors or all kinds of things. Billing solutions become really useful because even if you have a billing staff that are doing this work for your organization... Without the assistance of a billing solution that can help with the claim scrubbing process or following up on claim denials, that's a ton of work for that billing team. And it might get to the point where your billing team is so overwhelmed by the amount of errors and claim rejection follow-ups that things just end up falling through the cracks. And that's really where um, the software can come in, in handy and save you a lot of time and really improve your bottom line. But you're correct. Anybody or any agency that we help, um, they still have their own billing staff that are working on you know, updating insurance information and getting authorizations and certain things like that. While on our side, we're taking care of the billing, we're following up on claim denial management, things like that. We're getting you paid, but there's still so much work. And we definitely, it helps out smaller agencies that are maybe a sole proprietor that aren't really focused on billing. But definitely larger agencies too, where they have a staff of five to 10 billers on hand, but we still do the billing support for them because financially, 
it makes sense. You would have to hire that many more people to take care of that kind of thing for you, where you know you could take that burden, that headache, and know that you're getting built up properly and claims are being followed up on and nothing is falling through the cracks. Right. Um, it makes sense to have that RCM support. In tech, we have the saying, garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're putting in the wrong data, you're going to get the wrong results, no matter how good your tech is. And so... I think the same thing applies in healthcare administration. If you're not putting in the right insurance information, if it's not getting updated properly, if the prior authorizations aren't being followed up on ahead of time, if the patient data demographically is incorrect, then no matter how good and proficient your billing staff is, if the information they're putting out there is incorrect, it's going to come back rejected either way. So having a billing service to handle the actual claim submission and follow-up side of things so that your staff can really focus on making sure that the data coming in, the demographic information and the insurance information is correct the first time, boy, that saves so much time and money down the road. I wanted to know what advice Alicia had for larger healthcare organizations looking to grow and improve. Boy, I'm sure I could have quite a bit of advice. One of them would be to take a step back and look at the business and some of the things that I've mentioned already. What is going really well? Let's start there. What is amazing? Let's look at that and see why it's amazing. Why is this going well? And now how do we replicate that piece into these other areas that maybe are not going as well? And so it could be things as simple as let's break down your intake process. What does this look like? How many times are we touching the same piece of information? Should someone else be doing this? Or does this really belong with the person or people who are currently doing it? Being able to take a step back and remove yourself from how personal it can feel as you're owning a process or managing people or you've implemented something that you've poured your heart and soul into, being able to take a step back and remove all of those feelings and say, what's working well, what's working not well, and where, again, can I bring in a service or a person or a tool to help me? And maybe it is just asking the questions and have someone else point out things that maybe you could improve upon. I've done this in the success role with the different customers that I serve in the EMRs that I work with. Customers have come to me and said, will you take a look at my business? What can you see on your end that may change something and make us more efficient on our end? I have some ideas, but I would like to hear from you as an expert in this tool in this software? And I said, that is a great question. And I love that you asked that because you're willing to hear me and potentially make some changes based on what I can see other agencies doing that are very similar to you. I'm able to offer that to customers. And the majority of people who ask the questions, they really want to seek and learn to improve and help their team be more efficient and effective, which would then in turn help their business to grow so they can serve more patients well. So asking questions and being able to remove your feelings 
and take a step back and really look at what is happening well and not well. Uh, I think that that's advice we can all apply to (laughs) multiple arenas of our life. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Alicia. This has been super helpful. And I know that everyone listening today has gotten a lot out of hearing you Yes. I thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. I'm very passionate about it. And if you have a tool or a service that is not as passionate, you have the wrong one. So make sure you are working with someone who wants to partner with you. That is probably, maybe that's the other piece of advice, right? Make sure you are working with someone who wants to partner with you and hear what you have to say. Chris also had some final parting words of advice to share. Just know that we're here for you. We see lots of questions. We see lots of different situations. And we're just here for support. You know, we have our support desk. You know, you can put in a ticket and we're here to try to help you all. We understand how important your jobs are, you know, what you do for the community and mental health and and chemical dependency and things like that, how important that is. And We know what our software is there for and we're on your side and we're trying to help. Just know we're here for you. Yeah, in the behavioral health and the substance abuse recovery space, we all know that asking for help when you need it is crucial and that exists for the providers and administrators as much as it does for the patients, right? So we want to make sure that everyone in this process is being as supported as they can be and that means reaching out when you need it. Well, thank you so much, Chris. This has been so great. I know that we at Therapy Brands really benefit from all of your knowledge and the help that you give to agencies large and small. And I think that the people listening today are going to be just as benefited. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for listening today. I wish you all the best in your practice management. My name is Sage, and you've been listening to Perfecting the Practice the podcast for behavioral health providers and administrators on how practice management makes perfect. If you're enjoying this season of Perfecting the Practice, please consider subscribing or maybe even leaving us a review. It helps other listeners like you find us. Thanks again and bye for now.